Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, everybody. You know, it's, it's really wonderful to see so many of you and many familiar faces and some that I don't know. So I look forward to getting to know you maybe after the service or at other times. You know, I've always felt that uh, this is a very, very tough season that we are in. Uh, as you know, as a healthcare worker, uh, we have been facing the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's wave after wave because now we've got the Xiao Bao Pei. And not just the Xiao Bao Pei, I think you saw in the news this week, uh, we have a new one, a BQ1 or BQ1.1. You know, there are so many numbers, words, it's like an alphabet soup right now, right? But it reminds us that when you're in a war, there are many battles and you have waves of attacks that can come. And in the same way, in our spiritual lives, we are in warfare. And so it's not surprising that our lives, wherever we are, whatever we are experiencing, are actually in the middle of a huge battle. The pandemic has actually exposed, for many of us, our fault lines in our relationship with God. Because I'm sure you agree with me, that there seems to be an unprecedented level of busyness, that we are really tired. For some of us, we are busy, we don't have time to build relationships, we may feel very, very isolated. For some of us, we feel distracted because there's so many, we are juggling balls in the air, and our attention has been taken off our Heavenly Father. And for many of us, perhaps there's a certain undercurrent of anxiety because we don't know what's going to happen next. And this world that we are in is very, very uncertain. So the hard reality is that we are in a spiritual war until the end of our lives. We can quit difficult jobs, but we can't quit life, can we? We often feel worn out because the constant battles, you know, take it out of us in many ways. And so when Paul spoke to the Thessalonians, he was speaking to a church that he knew was under attack. And when Paul wrote the book of Thessalonians in this chapter, he wanted to leave his readers something that they could anchor on in the season ahead where he was not able to be there. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3 to 5 reminds us of two things. That in the thickest of battles, we are to anchor in the faithfulness of God and to be encouraged. And secondly, we are to abide in God's love and be steadfast. Allow me to pray for us. Father God, I thank you that you are our Lord and Master. And you equip us for battle and you carry us when we are weary. As we look into your word today, will you help us to understand your heart for us? as we seek to follow you, no matter what is happening and even when the battle is thick. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me read from our text today, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. 
But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. You know, in the midst of our world that is experiencing war, poverty, pandemics, and natural disasters, we need to anchor on God's faithfulness. And last week, the focus was on Paul's prayer, prayer that the gospel would be able to move in this season. Verse 2 ended off that not all are faithful. But today we start off with a new word, but the Lord is faithful. The word faithful in Greek, pistos, refers to someone who is faithful in a business transaction or in an execution of a command and identifies that person as reliable. In the message version, I like how it reads, but the master never lets us down. He sticks by you and protects you from evil. So in Paul's closing in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 to 24, we also see something quite similar, where he says that may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. So why is the faithfulness of God so important in this battle? So the Thessalonians understood what opposition was about because right early on, when Paul came to them, he actually had to escape because of very strong opposition by the Jews. And they were left behind as a young church, young Christians, to face direct persecution. Many had to face loss of livelihood, property, and perhaps even their lives. So what does it mean when Paul said that the Lord will establish you and guard you against the evil one? Does it mean that they'll be protected from harm, from every persecution? But Jesus himself, when he was warning his disciples in Luke 21, verse 17 to 18, he told them that you will be hated by all for my name's sake. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. So spiritual opposition is real whether we recognize it or not. In our lives now, we may not be feeling the direct opposition that some Christians in restricted countries are experiencing. No one here is being thrown into jail for your beliefs. But the reality is that there is a battle that's going on. I remember some years ago in the season of the Breakthrough Weekends, for some of you who are not familiar, Breakthrough Weekend is a wonderful time where we come and we meet God and we encounter God. And in the preparation, we always find that before Breakthrough Weekend starts, there are always these incidental, coincidental things that, you know, kind of throw us off. And that day, I was driving happily along Alexandra Road. It was quite a clear road, actually. And for no reason, I rear-ended somebody. And I was like, uh-oh, you know. And I, I apologize to the driver, I say, sorry, sorry, I, I pay for your bumper, you know, uh, don't, I give my number, pay for your bumper. And after that, I asked the Lord, I said, why? You know, I, I don't usually drive like this, so why is this happening right now? And the Lord just spoke two words to me, and he said, pay attention. 
Okay, it sounds quite obvious, right? Pay attention. So you slow down when other people slow down. But I believe that the Lord was speaking to me not just about the physical reality, but about the spiritual reality that we were in. One reality is that Satan has a couple of really good strategies to disrupt our spiritual walk. And it could start off with a very simple thing. It starts off maybe with a disagreement with somebody. Disappointment after a while when you know you can't come to terms with what happened. That person could be someone close to you, could even be a leader in the church. And the problem is that the situation doesn't always resolve. And so we carry this unhappiness with us. And as we carry this, we start to doubt the goodness of God. Whether or not God is really in control, or maybe because there's no intervention, so maybe God doesn't really love me, I'm not important enough. And then we've been there for such a long time that we become very discouraged. We become discouraged, and after a while, sometimes disbelief comes into our hearts. None of us are immune to disappointment or discouragement. But these emotions, if we are not careful, can distort our view of God. Paul tells us to anchor on truth instead. Because God is faithful, He has not forgotten us. He is a reality in our life not just the situation. So then how can we anchor in God's faithfulness? You know, when we are in distress or when we are under pressure, it's very hard to hear God. But it is in those moments that we need to go back to the Word of God again and again and again because God speaks. Some years ago, I was in a very difficult situation at work. Um, there was an issue where I didn't agree with how certain things were being done. And so, uh, reluctantly, I actually raised the complaint. It became an entry into an even more difficult situation where, you know, there, there was a lot of unhappiness and misunderstanding and I, I, I had nasty emails and, you know, people writing to the leadership about, you know, my character, my motives, my everything. And it was very, very hard because I remember in that season, emotionally, I was certainly very stressed out because I woke up early in the morning every day. You, know, you just feel this tension when you wake up. But the Lord was very, very good because He gave me Psalm 42 as an anchor in that season. And I really identified with the psalmist, you know, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me? I really felt that because my soul was so disturbed. But the anchor was in verse 8, that by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, the prayer to the God of my life. And it was the anchor to know that God was with me day and night, day and night. So that by anchoring this psalm, I knew that God was present even in my lonely moments of self-doubt. Some of you may be in a difficult situation at the moment, and it may seem very discouraging that the end is not in sight. There's no resolution in sight. For myself, the situation did not resolve for a few years until another complaint came up. Then finally, something was done. Some of us may never see resolution in this lifetime. But the reality is that God calls us to press on. Press on because He is faithful. He does not forget us. When we are in difficult times, we also need perspective. The problem about us uh, as human beings is that we have very short memories. We forget that God is good. We forget what God has done for us. 
And sometimes we need to go back to something more concrete. And I know many of us journal, continue to do that. I keep an electronic journal for quick thoughts because my handphone is always with me. But I keep a paper-written journal for times when I spend extended time with the Lord. And I write down the things that God is speaking, what is happening in my life. And recently at the personal retreat, I was amazed to see the goodness of God in different situations. And when you read your journal, you recognize uh, your own patterns of behavior. But what is even more wonderful is that you see the faithfulness of God, that God does not reject us, that God faithfully helps us to overcome. And so when we are in difficult times, we look back at the track record of God in our life, but we also look to other believers as well. Because God has given us a community, a community to journey with. Some of us may have spiritual mentors or godly peers who can speak truth in our lives. That's what we need. We need truth and perspective. I'm very thankful for the Women in Covenant ministry that I'm involved in, that there are people there that I can cry with. Sorry, women cry sometimes, uh -huh. actually quite often. <laughs> that I can cry with, pray with, and really be honest to. And I do pray that each of you will find that safe community. If you're not in a CG, please look for one, join a hello group or something. And consider spending time building up your community of people around you who can support you. Sign up for the Breakthrough Weekend. Talking to the guys here, uh, sorry, women's is uh, full. Mar men's and marriage is uh, still open. So please, come because this is a safe place that you can grow. What then is our response to God's faithfulness? You know, I believe that our response should be one of obedience. We are not discouraged, but we are encouraged to press on. Verse 4, Paul says, And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. Thessalonians was a very, very young church, right? New believers. But Paul was so confident that they could make it, that they would be able to finish well. And the confidence actually was not in them as people, not just in them. I know he was confident and he knew their track record, but his confidence was in the Lord because it is God who helps us to finish well. Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, we do need the Lord. And confidence is something that we cannot fake. You know, if you talk to an athlete, you realize that half of the, the race is actually a mind game. You actually have to be confident that you can run well, that confident that you can cross the finish line, confident that you can run faster than the next person. And confidence cannot be faked at all. But the question then is, where is our confidence coming from? What is our confidence centred upon? Paul reminds us that we need to turn to the Lord. Our actual default mode, unfortunately, is to do things ourselves. We think that our way is perfect. My daughter is here, and I got permission from her to share this. But when she was a toddler, like those sweet little things on that side, I was enjoying watching them running back and forth. It was quite cute. 
When she was little, she was very, very clear about what she wanted. If you gave her a cookie that was broken off in one corner, she'll give it back. And she'll say, new one. New one, mommy, new one. And don't get me on about diapers, okay? In those days, Huggies had a series of uh, Sesame Street character diapers. So she would only want to wear Elmo or Zoe, but she refused to wear Ernie and Bert. So we had to clear Ernie and Bert by putting it on her when she's asleep, then whip it off when she wakes up in the morning. <laughs> and it's so cute to see you know, a young toddler being so determined and so perfectionist. But that really describes us as well, right? We really want things our way. It's got to be perfect. And it is on our terms. You see, the problem about us is that when we are the ones in charge, we are very prone to self-deception because our innate operating system is corrupted. We often think of ourselves as better than we are. And because we think we are right, we easily point the finger of blame to others. We also think that we can sweep our problems and our sin under the carpet. And so we don't think it's very unusual that you don't talk to somebody for 20 years because you had a misunderstanding some time ago. Or perhaps it could just be that we think that we can fix things ourselves. We overcompensate when others are not doing well, we overcompensate. And even as parents, uh, word to parents, you know, sometimes we overcompensate for our children. We try to fix their problems when actually God is using those precious moments of challenge and maybe even failure to teach them how to run to Him. But when our confidence is in the Lord, we will give space to God to act. We choose to obey God rather than to do things our way. And when we anchor in Him and Him alone, we can press on. We learn to trust God more day after day. In the midst of spiritual battles, Paul reminds us not just to anchor on God's faithfulness, but to continue to abide in God's love and to be steadfast. Verse 5, Paul says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Why did Paul have to remind the followers about the love of God? The persecution of the early church was very intense, and for many of us, we think it only lasted several decades. Actually, it lasted 300 years. And we ourselves in this day, we know there are places in this world that face very intense persecution. We don't, but there are people who do. But the battle is not always very obvious in life and death situations. Actually, the battle is the trials that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And so if we love God, we can remain steadfast under trial. But for us to love God, we actually need to know that God loves us first. So when verse 5 says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God, the Greek word actually, direct, actually means to make straight the way and to remove all the obstacles, all the hindrances to the love of God. In our spiritual warfare, we need to understand that one of the tools that the enemy uses 
And Satan is a deceiver, right? And one of his key strategies is to distort our experiences and give us a warped view of God. And so when we face trials, when we are wounded, um, we are tempted to think that maybe God doesn't really care or that God maybe doesn't quite love me, love somebody else, but maybe not me. Or even worse, maybe I'm not worthy of God's love. No wonder he doesn't pay attention. And one of the things we can tell if we really think that God doesn't really love me, actually, the barometer for that is the level of anxiety that you are living in. You know, some of my patients, they come to me, you know, some, we, we routinely check the blood pressure. And I kid you not, nah, when they come, usually at home, the blood pressure is fine. They come and see the doctor, the blood pressure shoots up. It's something that we call white coat hypertension. You see the white coat and then your BP goes up. So your body doesn't lie. Your body will tell you. Even they come and smile at you. Hello, Dr. Dr. Stacy. But then the BP is very high. (laughs) But when I'm anxious, I myself know. You know, I I wake up early. I am hypervigilant. I make snap decisions. Sometimes the decisions turn out wrong. And what the counterpoint of this anxiety actually is something that God promises to us. And that is restedness, peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is God's promise for us. When we are anchored in God's love for us, we will experience peace. And as children of God, we are invited into an intimate love relationship with God. But sometimes we face hindrances in receiving this love, and we are not always aware that there are hindrances. We may not be aware. Some time ago, I was wondering to myself, quite randomly, I thought, why was it as a young child, I came to know the Lord when I was in primary school, but as a young child, it was a real conversion experience because I fell in love with God and I had absolute confidence in God's love for me. And I could say that I was God's princess. Sorry, I'm a bit immature. I was God's princess. And I could run to God for everything because Father God loved me. But then I was reflecting as an adult in this particular season, somehow I could not even say the words that I was God's apple of his eye, princess. I couldn't say the words. And what I didn't realize was that I had some thinking in my head that perhaps It was enough that God just loved me. I didn't need to feel it. I could serve God to the end of my life. Finish, amen, done. You know? But I really thank God that he didn't leave me in that dysfunction because what I didn't realize was that with all the challenges of life, although I was functioning well on the surface, on the inside, I was wounded. It was at a silent retreat that God spoke to me. And the Lord revealed different events in my life where I had been rejected. And mind you, I never thought that I was a rejected person. Actually, I always thought I had a very good opinion of myself. But somehow the Lord revealed these events. And as I recognized the pain of rejection that had caused me to feel unworthy, unworthy of God's love, unworthy of receiving His help, Somehow, I was able to come to that place of repentance, of holding on to something that was untrue. And so as I brought to the Lord each event 
each episode of rejection, I started to feel the lightness within the spirit that the Lord started to heal the brokenness inside. And I was able to feel free from condemnation. Uh, the words from Romans 8.1, Therefore, there's no condemnation in Christ for those who are in Christ Jesus. I wonder, do you know the heart of God today? His absolute, unwavering, overwhelming love for you. What are the obstacles in your life that hold you back from receiving God's love? Because the problem is not that we don't know that God loves us. Somehow we can't receive it. Paul, in verse 5, prayed that the Lord would lead his people to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. And the picture of God's love for each of us today is simply Jesus. Jesus walking the road to Jerusalem even though he knew his enemies were waiting for him there. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane asking for the cup of suffering to be taken away from him and yet choosing to drink it. Jesus on the cross, staying there even though he could come down at any time. What is spiritual warfare about? The spiritual battle we are in is over one simple thing, and that's our commitment to follow God well. Every distraction, every discord, every discouragement is aimed to slow us down on this race of finishing well as followers of Christ. But Paul's word to us today is to be steadfast. Be steadfast. The steadfastness of Christ and his unwavering obedience, that is what we need. And as followers, we steadfastly obey so that we can enter into that place of deeper surrender and a deeper obedience and a deeper willingness to follow, no matter the price, until the end of our lives. So what is God saying to you today? The message today is that God has called us to be confident in battle. It's easy in a long battle to get tired, to get discouraged. But our destiny is not to be walking wounded. Our destiny is to be free and confident as children of God, to live out the life and the calling that He has given to us. Today, I sense that there are many of us who may be in need of encouragement, and we need to be reminded of God's faithfulness and His love. Perhaps like me, you have been faithfully serving God, and you are willing to suffer for Christ, and you have been faithful. But God doesn't want us to stay like one of the walking wounded. He wants us to be healed. And as I was praying for this message today, I felt that there were two burdens, two spiritual burdens. The first burden is that of discouragement. We are tired. And for many of us, we are so tired, we are bone weary, and we don't know how much we have in us to carry on. But Philippians 1.6 reminds us, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so our confidence is not in our own ability to finish well. Our confidence is in Jesus. The second burden is that of fear. Because our world is very dark 
and it's actually getting darker. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether there's a safe place. Everybody wants a safe place to run. I hear people trying to buy land in remote places of the world. Uh, this week in the newspaper, we had somebody who built a nuclear bunker underground. You know, there is no safe place in the world except in the absolute love of God. That is the only safe place. People of God, we are in a battle, and this battle is a very long battle. Today, you might feel good. Tomorrow, something could happen that just shakes you to the core. It can steal your joy. But we can be confident in this battle, no matter how many waves of discouragement or opposition comes. Because God is not only our defence, He is our one defence. He will help us to finish well. So can I invite our worship team to come up? This is a song which I pray will minister to you. This song is about how the Lord, your love defends me. You know, there are some of us who have been derailed because of the battles in our lives. And we are still followers of Christ, but we may not be following that well. We are tired and we are discouraged. And today the Lord says, be encouraged, be steadfast. I want us to direct our attention to the Lord, to the love of God and to His faithfulness. And so as we sing this song, sing this song as a response to the Lord. If you're not familiar with the song, it's okay. Let the words minister to your heart. And in your response, choose to say yes to God, to open your heart once again to the love of God, and to draw the strength that you need from Him. You are my joy, you are my song, you are the well, the one I'm drawing from, and you're my refuge, my whole life long. Where else would I go?
spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.